Welcome to the Reinventing Education podcast. This is a podcast for teachers, students, and parents who are interested in reinventing what education is. I'm Rob McLeod. Brendan O'Leary. <laughs> Seamless, like a morning news theme. That's great. So, so last time we we talked about this new segment that we're trying to do where we're looking at how new stories related to education might fit into our um, our kind of theory about different values inside school. We talked about climate change marches. If you want to go, go back and listen to that episode, it's up on Podbean. Um, but today, Rob, you have a, a very different, a very interesting article. Did you lay it out for us? So this article is about AI in China, so artificial intelligence and its use in the classroom. And there's two different ways it's being used there. One is for facial recognition within classrooms, and the other is actually to help teachers to assess and mark assignments. So let's begin with the facial recognition, because I feel this is perhaps the dicier or possibly more controversial of the two uses here. Um, I'll read this. It's uh, from an article in the new, from newatlas.com. Uh, the AI is be- being called the Intelligent Classroom Behavior Management System. So embedded in its name is the words classroom management behavior system. Uh, It scans the room every 30 seconds and it logs both the behavior of the students and their facial expression. So it monitors what they're doing in the room and their facial expression. The system can identify between different moods, uh, seven different moods, the main ones being happy, sad, afraid, and angry. And it can do this apparently very accurately just by analyzing the student's face. So there's a camera perched on top of the blackboard at the front of the classroom. And it's also able to track six behaviors for all students in the classroom simultaneously um, to see if they are reading, writing, hand raising, standing up, listening to the teacher, or leaning on the desk. So it's able to do this with an entire classroom of students Every 30 seconds, it checks in to see what their mood is by reading their face and what specific activity they're into. Now, the article says it's unclear what the ultimate goal of the technology is, but one of the school's vice principals, one of the schools where they've implemented this, um, they were reported to say that their main focus is to help track student attendance and to assist teachers in refining their teaching methods, which I think in our lingo is probably a very ambition, uh, achievement-centered kind of aim. Um, However, when talking to the students, there's some implication that perhaps that's not really the main focus. Um, There's a lot of concerns that this could be um, more used in terms of perhaps a compliance value, And it's more about um, perhaps penalizing students who are slacking off. One student in the school is reported as saying, previously when I had a class that I didn't like very much, I would be lazy and maybe take a nap on the desk or flick through some other textbooks. But I don't dare to be distracted since the cameras were installed in the classroom. It's like having a pair of mystery eyes that are constantly watching me. So it sounds very Orwellian. This sounds very like 1984, having cameras in the classroom that can read a student's face and behavior and document data on how a student is feeling 
and what they are doing in the classroom. So maybe let's walk up through each of our values. If we begin yeah, well, with first, Rob, can we yeah. give that can we give that kid some some credit for the term mystery eyes? <laughs> Constantly watching him. Sounds like a lyric from um, an 80s song. He does. Okay. So you've said the scene there. Um yeah, let's start with what would a, and we're going to talk from a Western perspective of a teacher who's, who's, um, who's in a British or Canadian school, but within this ambition, maybe a little bit of compliance paradigm still, what, what would be some of the points of views that um, the compliance or um, the compliance value might um, hold? So I could see a pro or a con coming from compliance in these ways. I could see the pro side, the people wanting it, and I would assume that's what's happening here. Um, people from the compliance value would want this because it's taking a lot of the load off of them in terms of needing to monitor the student's behavior um, and engagement level. And this is freeing them up to perhaps engage in some other tasks. And there's really this sense of uh, a fear of punishment or penalizing for those slacking off. And I think this better serves like the image of the teacher who's really like got their thumb on the class to make sure that no misbehavior um, is occurring within the room. So I think some teachers within the compliance value would actually support this in terms of seeing it as just like a much stronger, more effective tool to carry out their one of their goals, which is to ensure compliance on the student's part, that they're doing what they are being asked to do. Yeah, I think so. And obviously, you've already mentioned the kind of Orwellian kind of subtext here. But I think if we look beyond that, I think one thing that popped in my head that was within any of these compliance schools, or really with any, any school that has a a teacher operating from this compliance kind of mindset, they may also want to see that in other teachers' classrooms that maybe aren't doing quite as well with their behavior management. This is painting a pretty dark picture to, to begin with, but it could also be from a genuine place that these guys need more help. I'm an expert teacher. I have a very good control of my class, they might say. However, these newer teachers, they benefit from having this kind of um, artificial intelligent behavior kind of management. They can, they can get the data on what the children are when they're focused and not focused. And there's also this kind of like set of eyes that's always there, just kind of keeping people a little bit more in check. So I could see that potentially a teacher from this compliance background might have some positive kind of views on this. However, as you said, I think there'd be these guys would also have some pretty strong reservations about this. So Com what might be a compliance teacher's argument against this system? So a compliance teacher arguing against the installation of AI in the classroom in this way um, could be that they see it as a personal insult that they're not upholding their duty or their capacity as a teacher to do this and yeah. might take it as a personal slight to see this technology essentially doing what they are supposed to be doing. And yeah. also just, you know, unnecessary surveillance or it's showing a lack of trust that they can carry out what, is it, what it is that they need to do. Or if this device is helping, you know, it's likely not 
perhaps from their perspective, it's likely not worth its money. It's probably not doing that much more than what the teacher is able to do. Yeah, I was thinking along those lines too. I'm already doing a awesome job of behavior management. This is a waste of money. And along the lines of, hey, is this going to take my job in or parts of my job? Am I going to get a reduction in wages because this is an important part of my job? But if we shift yes. up into ambition and thinking sure. of pros and cons here, the article does imply that this is being used to optimize and optimize. That's a very key ambition type word mm. being used to optimize their classes for student engagement, but also um, can be helpful to teachers to optimize their practice and, and be able to give feedback to teachers. And now that's very ambition-centered language there. Um, and, you know, the data that this thing could spit out could give you very clear data on whether or not some of your teaching practices are effective or not in terms of um, the level of student engagement, the student work, these sorts of things, it could actually report back to you on some of the strategies that you're applying in class. So there's the positive side of it does provide a data set about what the teacher is bringing to the classroom. Um, and let's be honest, if grades are the holy grail for you in the ambition system, you're willing to kind of bring anything into the mix that's going to help a student to achieve more, which is going to help them to access more in their life in the next stage of school once they leave school. So if getting and optimizing grades is what you're into and bringing this into the classroom maybe helps tidy up what might be missing from that compliance and does make students sit up straight and pay attention more and that translates into better grades, then why not do it? If the school down the road's doing it and it's helping their grades, you're kind of losing a competitive advantage by not bringing this in. Yeah, exactly. I'm viewing it as a data set, playing devil's advocate, because I think we hold some pretty strong opinions on this. But, you know, speaking from the ambition teacher's kind of mindset in that competitive approach, it's like, this is just a data set. Yeah, it might have a, a bit of a feedback loop where it's actually keeping kids in check more, but that's not its real purpose. Its purpose is to monitor. And by monitoring, we can then talk, we can see which activities engage more, can see who's off task and we can help them. This is a data set. And just like any other data set, it can be used for positive or negative uses. So there's no assumption that just because we have this data, we're going to be going in the old school, harassing people that are off task. No. The ambition teacher could say, this is going to help us to cater more to those kids that are off task. Yeah, and, and to help them achieve more. Yeah, so actually, they might have some reservations in how it's used, but I think of the three of the earlier values that we talked about, these might be the guys that are more inclined to give this a listen. And it's kind of interesting because when I talked to my family about this, I said, which country is this? They all said America first. And then they said China. It was It's obviously based on a lot of assumptions, but they were kind of like already going to the idea of like, these guys want to win this competition. And this doesn't seem beyond what a school in America might do. And then when I said China, another set of assumptions came in about why that might be in there and that we can't get away from those assumptions. Um, however, what do you think moving forward, the more sensitivity kind of school might say, sensitivity, inclusive based teacher might say by implementing this system in their classroom? Yeah, I think just before we leave ambition, we, we touched on what might what some of the objections might be here. Um, I think the ambition objections um, might 
also be the same as why they would suggest it, which is this is like cheating. This is an unfair, non-human advantage you are giving to schools. Um, and not all schools can access this. Um, we don't want to be seen as <laughs> playing dirty, playing unfair by implementing this if not everybody is doing it. So that might be one of the, the criticisms of this. Um, and also, I think people within that ambition mindset would also want to measure the effect this has, measure the before, the during, and you know, the, the after of what impact it actually has, because maybe it doesn't have the positive impact one would predict. So on to sensitivity. On to, yeah. The sensitivity, I have a hard time coming up with the case of why sensitivity would be open to this. I think they would be the most reactive and have the largest number of reasons to oppose it. Um, one of them, it's potentially could be seen as very dehumanizing in the sense that we're mm. allowing a technology to carry out some of these basic human interpersonal <laughs> skills of like facial recognition to infer emotional states. Um, you know, there's the potential that, you know, there could be some like hidden systemic bias, you know, inability to account for cultural um, differences in this facial recognition. I don't just mean the physical makeup of the face, but I mean the actual physical responses to situations from, you know, a diverse background of students within the classroom. Um, that dehumanizing part, I feel, is where they'd really dig in their heels and have a lot of concern. Any other ideas from your side on why sensitivity schools would be resistant to this? No, I think the dehumanizing aspect would be a really big part. I think it would be that it's hard to conceive how this could um, improve the emotional well-being of students with having um, these kind of authoritative eyes watching you at all times. So you're not able to show your honesty you're not able to show your true kind of feelings because you know that there could be a repercussion. Again, depending on who the teacher is, if it was a sensitivity teacher, there could potentially be a case, and this was the kind of possibly a little bit of mental gymnastics required from me, but let's say that this would highlight kids that were often sad, often angry, often off task that may have slipped through the teacher's notice. And you look back at the data and see this kid is this kid who I thought was operating, can't come in and pretty engaged, pretty happy. He's unhappy a lot of the time, according to this data. This allows me to go to this person. This allows me to begin to um, to look into a little bit something that I may may have missed. I still think it's a very hard sell because of that very intrusive nature of the cameras. But I do think the way to get a, a sensitivity teacher to at least see potential benefits would be to say, you cannot have your eyes on these kids all the time. These kids are displaying emotions and uh, activity actions that you you can't see. This will give you that data. This will give you those through lines that help you to pick up on those kids that might be giving those uh, signals that you just can't see. Yeah, I think there's a lot of mental gymnastics involved here. I think the way sensitivity could buy into this is if you could show them in some way that this will help reduce the marginalization of students or somehow increase your capacity to engage uh, with the sensitive needs of students within the room. Bit of a devil's advocate question. That's a good maybe. one. So Rob, um, what would a development, uh, developmentally minded 
teacher uh, say about this kind of facial recognition software in the classroom? Well, I think there's a wide variety of possible answers for this and maybe too wide for me to come up with like one unified kind of answer. So I'd say it depends on the context. Um, if this facial recognition AI software was in service of something that the student was wanting to work on or that the school or system um, had decided that would be beneficial for the student's development to work on, I could see them employing this AI in service of that. Um, but it would be coming out of the child or the school's like free will and not, I guess, kind of the same sense of um, something being posed, imposed on the student or in the classroom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I would then come back to this unhealthy and healthy version of kind of school with, within each of the, the three values. So the development value would, would look back at the three values and whatever the reason given for this AI uh, software implementation, they would then have to look at the individual context, I guess, and really weigh up if all of its applications or its main applications are healthy. And I think if the conclusion was that it was uh, healthy, but we had some areas that we have careful of or, or a watch to see how they develop, I think that might be the way they would kind of uh, tentatively enter into this kind of uh, state. Yeah, one hypothetical idea could be something like maybe the student flips this AI around and actually uses it as a tool for one of the research projects to check and get data from a group of other people, which could include teachers or a group of students. So they might put this technology to use, but it might not be used so much so to monitor students specifically. Yeah, and I think whichever way it was kind of presented, if there was any doubt in the development teacher's mind of how it would be used, and uh, those doubts would be addressed hopefully before implementation and some clear kind of um, guidelines or some clear um, checks and balances will be put in place to make sure that actually was doing serving its purpose which is to support the student and to help the teacher support the student um, but it's it's certainly a very knotty issue because um, can and, and historically these kind of systems have only really been used um, to benefit authority and so any suggestion that they would help the uh, wider community would be a very hard sell. Mm -hmm. And I can feel my shoulders raising a little bit, even trying to make the positive case and uh, play whatever you call an angel's advocate, the opposite of devil's okay. advocate, try and, 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 uh, and suggest that this has possibly good uses. But I'm also open to the fact that maybe right now, historically, we'll listen back to this episode and I'll sound as ridiculous as a teacher who's concerned about the use of pencils replacing feathered ink pens or something like that. That this sure. is just something new and it looks a little scary at first, but eventually is, is taken into the education system and, and you know, just becomes commonplace and isn't seen as a problem moving forward. In fact, is seen as a positive. 
It could be. One analogy could be the in, in soccer right now, in football, they've recently, uh, at national level, World Cup level, introduced um, video uh, refereeing systems. And although they're still somewhat controversial, they're beginning to become really highly accepted within the, within the game because they do, there are many contexts where having a... Uh, a video um, of the situation that can then be analyzed in more detail can actually add more. And so um, maybe that's a similar situation, but I don't know. How about we kind of move on to the second half of the article? Which, yeah, um, and the second half yeah. is, I think, less controversial and it is something that's already in schools. And that's the use of technology to help with marking. Now, I can remember when I was in university, <clears throat> you know, 15 years ago, most of our exams were done on Scantron sheets. So this is basically um, tests where, you know, it's set up as multiple choice and we would circle, I guess it was the letter, a circle uh, to indicate what our answer was. Did we choose A, B, C, D, E, or F? And, you know, these Scantron sheets, they're just put into a computer and instantly, you know, they can tell what I got right, what I got wrong, and the marking is done because if you're a professor and you've got four, 500 students in your, in your section for an introduction to psychology, you need something that can assess students' work quickly. Now, of course, the argument will be is multiple choice the best way to do that, but you need something that, you need some technology to help you. It's going to be nuts to sit down and mark four or 500 papers to check students' knowledge. So, the next level of this is some of the AI that is being tested out in China. And I believe the article said one in four schools are experimenting with some version of computer software to grade essays. So this is very different than, you know, multiple choice where there's five possible answers and there's a the clear binary correct answer and there's four incorrect answers. This is actually... AI that's being developed to read student essays and to assign marks. And according to the research so far, um, there have been 60,000 schools that have participated in the testing of this technology, and it reportedly offered the same grade as a human marker 92% of the time. So that's a pretty incredible accuracy rate so far to say that if you handed the same paper to a teacher, handed the same paper to a test, uh, or to this AI machinery, 92% of the time, the AI was coming up with the same mark as the teacher. So this technology, it's evolving continuously and becoming so complex that the researchers now say, quote, we no longer know for sure what it was thinking and how it made a judgment. Um, obviously, automated marking is not a new idea, um, but there's a lot of debates in the West over how appropriate machine grading systems are despite this accuracy. Um, but so far in China, these systems can be, can be implemented with degrees of scale that are unprecedented anywhere else in the world. So AI marking student work. Brennan, if we walked up through our three values of school, starting with compliance, 
what do you think either the pros or cons would be coming from a teacher with the compliance value? Actually, I, I think uh, in, in a similar way to um, how you said about marking the multiple choice tests, I think if you came up to a teacher in, in any of the values, potentially the, in the compliance value and said, here, we have a system that will mark your essays and it gives a, let's say they've improved it by this point, it gives a 98 to 99% um, uh, return. And here's the proof, here's the data, here's the examples. And if you uh, doubt the score, you can always have somebody at the company remark it or you can remark it yourself. Uh, but that would be well, maybe one or two out of 100. And I just think a, a teacher would say, yeah, this the, marking these essays takes a lot of my time. I can still read them, I can still mark them, but having a machine that does it I don't actually think it's a controversial issue, even for a compliance teacher. Do you concur or disagree, Rob? I agree. I think all three values would potentially see this kind of software as something to free up more of their time in order to pursue more of their value. So I could imagine a compliance teacher saying, hey, this frees up my time that now I'm able to, you know, sort of be more involved with what the students are doing in my room. Or, you know, uh, again, most of this marking is happening outside of class time anyways. And it's basically saying, hey, I can use more of this outside of class time to prepare other lessons, to get ahead on other things, to better serve my students. And I think a compliance teacher will say, you know, I can have more time for my work. Uh, An achievement teacher might be saying, you know, again, I can have more of my own time freed up to ensure better assessments and you know, do other things with my time. And I think sensitivity will say, yeah, this is taking a lot of the legwork out of, out of the job and I can spend more of my planning time and my spare time ensuring I'm better meeting the needs of individual students in my class. So I picture this being a win. The only possible reservations yes. I could see would be a compliance teacher saying something like, well, this is going to this is allowing possibly for more laziness from a teacher because maybe you do get more of this free time, but you're not actually using that free time to uphold more of your duty. Uh, And I could see a similar sentiment move up through all three of these values that like, well, it is freeing up more time, but there's no guarantee that you're actually going to follow through and do more of the thing we are supposed to be doing in school. Yeah, and I I think that is the same argument that any teacher would have with any new piece of technology or any new system of of um, organization that they were skeptical of. So I think if you brought the software and the teacher was like, this is going to work, this is awesome, they would not potentially not even think in that area. They would just be like, okay, this is going to save us more time so that we can do whatever it is that we do in our school. Um, and I think possibly the only one of the possibly the the compliance and the sensitivity would have the same slight reservation when they hear the idea of we no longer know for sure what it's doing what it's more i think they would be like that would make them slightly more skeptic but i think the proof would be in the pudding if the uh, papers came back and they moderated or read a few together and they were fully agreed with the scores i think those worries would go away uh, quite quickly I yeah think- and i think i think that invisible nature and that bit of faith or trust in the system um, could occasionally be, um, there could be skepticism from the sensitivity value, just wanting to know for sure that these machines weren't biased 
in some way or skewing towards, you know, a dominating perspective or kind of an ideological perspective that might be marginalizing some students. And this article, I think, hints at this, but it doesn't go into the details of it because later on in the article, it does say um, there are concerns. Now, this is not happening at this time, but there are concerns that people will begin connecting this AI system in the education system to be synced up with the country's oncoming social credit system, which is due for full activation by 2020. Now, it's not being used for that, but that was where a lot of people's, I guess, shoulders were raised as well, thinking, oh, so this AI marking students' work would then contribute to their social credit system. There was a lot of concern floating around about that. Yeah, and I think we're so far into conjecture at that point, especially we look at it from a Canadian and, and British kind of uh, system where the, we are, I would like to think, quite far away from a, a, a social uh, measurement system being put in place. Um, but I, I don't think that would be a genuine concern for any teachers in, uh, in any schools that we uh, kind of work. But yeah, if you were in a country that possibly had a government oversight that may be looking to use this, then yeah, absolutely um, a worry to, to, to think of. But I think if that was presented in, say, Britain, that would be a somewhat outlandish uh, kind of worry. But I do think that the potentially the uh, ambition teachers who were in the mindset of how do I get the specifics of how to coach or teach my students to get better at this, they would really want to know how this machine was marked. Now, they may not want to know in terms of the software or the code, but they would want to know the actual um, mark schemes and how the machine was actually reaching these conclusions. And so we'd have to dig into that sentence about how we no longer know for sure what the machine is actually thinking and how it makes a judgment. Um, you could say that we don't know how a teacher makes a judgment, but we do know what their success criteria is. So I think um, a, an ambition-led kind of teacher might have some skepticism if they really want to help their students in this very pinpoint way. However, if the manufacturers of the machine or the test writers were able to provide some kind of framework for marking that the teachers could see, this would probably allay those fears. And so far, you and I, we've been talking about like the summative assessment, like what's the student's final mark on this? I'm guessing some ambition teachers who might be critical of this, they'd actually bring an important piece of the puzzle to the discussion here to say, hey, we want, we want this AI to be able to present students with feedback along the way too, that at any point a student could potentially hand in their essay early, find out what they'd get, and also receive feedback from the AI about mm. what it is that they need to do to improve. And I think if that came online, because that's not discussed yet within the context of this, if that came online, that could be incredibly powerful and transformative in terms of how ambition would go about using this. And I'm, that would totally ripple over to all the other levels of school values here, including the development value, which could largely just see this as like, well, here's something you can submit your work to and receive feedback on, and you don't require another human body in order to do that. That, that has the potential to be very cool. Yeah, and so you just kind of touched on it there, but, but you feel also that a development school would just 
more or less welcome this with open arms as a way to um, kind of make their um, feedback to students more efficient, more effective. Yeah, if, if that was something that was needed in a student's learning journey, I think, you know, I ultimately, I think the development value, it's like default setting is just to say, well, if we do this thing, does it serve a kid's development or not? Mm. And if there is a way that this serves the student's, you know, personal, social, cognitive development, then I think it's fair game. Yeah, it's one of the, the rare, maybe one of the rare wins that we will have where everyone Everyone thinks this is a great idea. Let's just do it tomorrow. And there's just that one small drawback that it doesn't actually exist yet in any usable form. But, you know, we'll get there tomorrow. I, I'd love to see it in my classroom, actually. I would, I would welcome it. I would, I would, um, because we do use um, Khan Academy in maths and a few other pieces of software that do um, actually adapt the questions they give to students. And by that, students can somewhat work out where their strengths and weaknesses are. And having that more explicit, having software, we used to have a piece of software called RM Maths that we used for special needs students. It's quite old now, actually, about 15 years old, but it actually did um, give students math questions at their level and it would move them on in, in areas they were stronger at and repeat and give uh, more structured questions in areas they were still working on. And it was also clear to them, to the student and to the teacher where they were. So this is not too far removed from that, but again, moving into the idea of writing an essay, that's kind of a whole, a whole brave new world. Yeah. And this goes back to one of those tropes in education, which is, you know, marking math is easy because there's a right or wrong answer, but marking something like an English essay is is impossible because it's subject and there's always going yeah. to be this subjective component about it. But it seems here we're finding ways to bridge that, that even a AI computer is able to make some objective statements about written work. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's great advances being made in, in AI and um the um i won't go on too much of a tangent but um, there's now an uh, uh, within like um gmail you'll start a sentence and it will finish the sentence for you uh it will kind of give you a gray version of the end of your sentence and it's it's frighteningly accurate in predicting what i'm going to write in the rest of the sentence and again the proof would be in the pudding if we presented essays back to teachers that looked like they'd been marked by a human then those doubts would vanish. Mm -hmm. So AI in schools, we've looked at two different aspects here. One, the facial recognition, which we seem to have a lot more reservations or skepticism about how it's being used, but also AI being used to assist in the marking of student work, which we more or less seem fairly on board with. So two interesting yeah. uses of it and curious to see what else is coming from AI in terms of how we carry out things in our classrooms. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Rob. We hope this episode has been interesting. If you want to connect, we're on Twitter, or you can join our private Facebook group just searching Reinventing Education Podcast. Request and we'll let you in. We're kind of building a community there. So far, it's kind of been sharing news stories that reinforce our narrative about the four values competing against one another in education. But let's see if we want to organize to do more than that there. Feel free to pass this episode on to others who give a damn about what's going on in education from Brendan and myself, attention is a valuable thing these days. Thanks for having some of yours on what we're saying.